1: it's time to play like a jet with your host scott mason play like a jet what does that mean incredible play 35 yard touchdown alan lazard six foot five frame needing every bit of it oh still going inside the 10 and he is in for the touchdown alan has time intercepted gardner got it, breaking away, Garrett Wilson, Wilson a big play
0: downfield, Wilson's still going along the sideline, he's not going to go down, Allen, tripped up, he could not get past Jermaine Johnson, oh look at the speed of Brees Hall, he's done it again, Brees Lightning,
1: 62 yards for the touchdown, and he's sacked again by Quinny Williams, what a beast, number 95 for the Jets,
0: listen. This is Play Like a Jet, my name is Scott Mason You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1 I want to talk about all the media coverage surrounding this Jets, Packers, Aaron Rodgers circus Where all the leaks are coming from, why these narratives have developed and all of that So I went to the person that I know who is the straightest shooter there is The guy who knows this stuff and how to decode it We always call him our secret decoder ring over at Play Like a Jet He, of course, was the communications director for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for three years. And so he knows every hold, every counter hold, every reversal, as they say in the wrestling business. My buddy, John Grella. John, what's up, man?
1: Hey, dude. Um, I also wrestled growing up Definitely could talk about Wrestling holds as well
0: Let's talk about The wrestling match Going on right now Between the Green Bay Packers And the New York Jets Now we know Mark Murphy Probably drove a lot of this So I want to get to The Packers side of it With Rodgers Jordan Love All that At first we were hearing About how the Packers Would welcome Aaron Rodgers Back with open arms And it was completely Up to him Then we heard that The Packers Would be fine moving on If that's what Aaron Rodgers Wanted Then it became The Packers were eager to move on. Then it became Jordan Love is the next big thing and we really want Aaron Rodgers to leave. That was what the Packers were basically saying or it seemed that way from Packer-related media. How would this develop in Mark Murphy and Brian Guttenkund's head in terms of strategy? It seems strange that it would shift from A all the way to Z so quickly.
1: I think they probably, the most generous observation, the most generous read of this would be that they realize that people have short attention spans and so their situational um, posture will be quickly forgotten and are just kind of just viewing the situation um, in terms of the here and now and what 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 can i do today to uh, to maximize leverage today and i'll worry about tomorrow tomorrow because you really don't you didn't know when this would go down you didn't know when the player would decide he was coming back when the deal would would uh work itself out and we still don't know that so they you know they what drove them from the very beginning and i think probably a lesson learned the hard way from from the farv stuff and and something that you know teams around this league and other leagues um find all the time is they don't want to look like the bad guy. And, and, and nowadays it's, it's, it's very rare that you have athletes that stay with one team for all this time. Um, and, and, and also a, um, a fan base that are, that are like the Green Bay Packers fan base, which is a very, very unique one. So it was really important that they danced this delicate, um, you know, choreographed dance so that the organization didn't look like they kicked the legend to the curb. Um, Needless to say, they have very strong opinions about the player um, as do all football fans Um, that he's obviously a a legend uh, as I mentioned, but also that he's a lot, that he's a handful Uh, reminds me of, of the old expression uh, that you'd see on the um, in the bathroom stall wall that says, "No matter how hot she is, somebody somewhere is sick of her shit." So, so my my guess is that the the Packers, as fatigued as they were by Aaron Rodgers, and if and if and if we all feel fatigued, and he hasn't even played a snap for us yet, just imagine how they feel. They they knew that they had to deal tread very lightly, and they did not want to get blamed for um, for cutting bait on on this legend. So that was really what's important, and then and then after that happened, what they wanted to do was was give um, was give themselves a chance, position themselves to um, capture as much you know as they can in return for a player that they know that they're done with, and and I do happen to believe. And and I've heard from from folks in league that that they are indeed fond of of Jordan Love, and and obviously there's no there's no faking on that front. If you cut bait on Rogers, you better be all in on Love, um, because jobs are riding on that. And if they're wrong about this, then they're they're as screwed as the Jets are if they if they mess the situation up. Play like a Jet. Play like
0: a Jet. John, the Derek Carr stuff, the leaking of the Jets telling him that they think he could be a Hall of Famer, the meeting going really well, it seemed like we were hearing things from both sides. What was driving that? Was that just a mutual interest of Derek Carr thinking that this would help him with other teams, the Jets thinking that this would help them perhaps with the Packers because Rodgers was clearly still their first choice? Was it a coordinated effort, do you think? Or do you believe that maybe both sides really did like each other? It just didn't work out in the end. How did the media end of this play out? Do you think, in terms of the leaks from both camps?
1: Right. So certainly, the you know, if you're really good at at um, media work, you um, can use media's media's biases and desires to your advantage. And I I think it's it's it doesn't take a total wizard to realize that the media really wants. Um, Aaron Rodgers in New York um, so you know the you know there there are million segments were born um, you know on how how hard, you know how hard should the Jets go for Aaron Rodgers should they go all, all in and you're never going to hear a media reporter say no they shouldn't go all in until until um they do and then they're and then they're you're gonna hear that they overextended themselves and tried too hard stuff so as far as the the car stuff goes look I, i anybody who claims to know for certain is is bsing my sense is that um the jets don't do a lot of talking on their own uh It doesn't probably make them look very good to to show uh, to you know to have had that leak that that they believe that that car could be a Hall of Famer. That seems to me self interested from the car camp or his brother or whatever. Um, And who knows in the you know in context what you know or out of context what was really said and meant by by what was intended by that comment. So, but but I think it's pretty clear now that the jets didn't really go for car right if we want to argue over semantics about like whether they put in an offer or how serious they that's all up for debate but it's pretty clear that they they were not in a bidding war for car and and they they seemed to be fine whether this is the right was the right assessment or not but it seemed like they were okay with letting that one go Uh, and, and we'll see whether that was the right call, but what ended up irking me from, from the, um, as a Jets fan was at a certain point, I'm fine if you're, if you're not sold on car or don't want to overpay for car. I'm also fine if let's say you, you know, you, you realize that, and, and this is so funny that there'd be more of a market for Jimmy G than for Aaron Rodgers, but we all understand, you know, the 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 discerning fan understands why. But once once those guys are gone and then all of a sudden the, the next tier down is also gone too, you're you're kind of over a barrel. You painted yourself into a corner and that's Part of what's what's informed so much of my frustration with the Jets. I don't know how avoidable some of it is, but um, but at a certain point, the Packers were very glad and maybe they they maybe they um, manufactured or manipulated the situation to to get this outcome. But at a certain point, the Jets are are look like they are very interested with this quarterback they've raised the the medias and the, and their fan bases um, expectation hope and ex- expectations that they land the player they've certainly raised the owners hope and expectation that they land the player and and they're currently without a plan b which is what the packers want does that mean that the jets have all the leverage far from um i'm sorry that the packers have all the leverage far from but it it seems to me like at least some of this was avoidable and and that the you know, and, and what if, you know, by putting all of your eggs in this basket and and I understand that in order to get this special player that you had to go all in or you had to wait for him and there was no like you know stupid ultimatum like people talk about like well you know if it were me i'd call aaron Rodgers and say you have until the close of business to the side that's of course going to only result in the player walking away but it seems to me like that what if um this this quirky player And, you know, we I guess we say eccentric when somebody is weird and wealthy. Um, This eccentric player changes his mind, doesn't like something he read, gets irritated that the Jets are supposedly interested in in Lamar Jackson, too. You name it. Um, Or, you know, after having said that he's interested in playing for the Jets, he did not, by the way, say, I'm only playing for the Jets which of course would be, you know, better for the Jets' leverage, but you know, who knows some some other quarterback in the league and this is the, i guess the Packers, you know, cynical hope is is that some other quarterback in the league uh tears his knee or or Achilles in the next couple months and and they they um, you know, they hold back and 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 they all of a sudden have a market for Rogers. Um, but uh you know, there's a lot about how the Jets have have Navigated all this that, you know, that has me concerned. Um, I am, I love the player. I don't love the loss of control.
0: John, we know that the Jets and Aaron Rodgers had a bit of a clandestine meeting, and then we started to find out details—the Trey Wingo tweet after midnight, and then the flying out to California and all that stuff. But it was largely kept under wraps before that. We had no idea that the Packers had granted permission, and that this meeting was going to take place. Do we think that the secretive nature of everything was just to placate Rodgers?
1: It seems to me that the that the Douglas administration is, um, you know, plays poker. And 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 probably is um, less into media games, and I understand why. I, 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 look, media games are oftentimes silly and stupid, but I can't complain too much because it's it's essentially what's given me a career. Um, so so you kind of you can't be too mad at it, but um, I I I appreciate and respect that Douglas do, is, doesn't appear to be more concerned with media than with the betterment of the team so that's good um but um they they had the meeting probably because they don't they did not want media following them around waiting at the private airport following them to you know wherever the meeting was and 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 so on and it's just it just was not smart and and I think the biggest the biggest issue uh, despite a a um a football coaches or front offices, you know, instinctive desire to be secretive about everything possible, even when it's paranoid and stupid. Um, in this instance, I get why they're doing it mainly. Because and, and and if they were asking me as as a you know PR advisor, I would say what you don't need is to raise the fan bases hopes any more than you already have.
0: John, let's talk about what happened after Rodgers went on McAfee. The story that you kept hearing was that the Packers gained all this leverage. I hate using that word, but there's really no other word to use in this case. After Rodgers went on McAfee and told the world that he wanted to go to the Jets. But the way I've looked at it is the Jets and the Packers knew about this since Friday, so it's not anything new It's not like Rogers went on there, told the world And he hadn't told anybody else The Packers and Jets knew exactly where they were at Negotiating wise, from a media Standpoint, do you think Rogers Saying something like that really affects Anything at all other than, and we'll get Into this in a little bit, maybe tilting The media narrative, because it doesn't Seem to me that it should change the negotiation At all, all it would do is Make the media write certain Stories in a certain direction
1: this is a very interesting um question Scott and and something that I I I could and I could see myself debating for hours just on this particular topic um but uh the the quicker quicker answer is um the there's a lot of media who are frustrated when a McAfee when a non-establishment you know person has this must this much power and influence and that they have to um, credit the pat mcafee show with any new reporting right that's one thing and just just to keep that in mind and there's already the baked in biases in favor of rogers because he's a star but against rogers because of who he is because he's prickly because he's he's difficult and combative with the media also personal politics or vax politics politics too and that's a different matter altogether um but there's a lot of strong feelings about the player um what um what i found fascinating from a jets uh fan community um reaction was people viewed that as as a an exhale day and it wasn't it was a hurdle cleared in that it was nice yeah it was nice and it was essential for the player to say at a certain point that he is playing and that he would play for the jets that was significant um you know as much as i i dislike a lot of media shenanigans and and you know me our our, our offline conversations about about coverage across you know, different fronts is, you know, is um you know, is is a topic of fascination for both of us. But um but what really um what really was um interesting about this particular situation was that Rodgers um Rogers did not say I'll only play for the Jets. Um he didn't necessarily need to. He just said that he would. Um and and the Packers very quickly scrambled to to make it look like they're much more in control of a situation that they're just not in control of, um, and and I'm I'm you know following this conversation or this interview, and I love McAfee, and and you know sure I'm I'm down with with this experiment provided it lasts for more than one season, but you know hey let's get this thing over with, but that was not the that was not the end, but rather the beginning, um, in, in that. They um, he only indicated that he's going to play and that he would play for the Jets, not that he would only play for the Jets. The Packers were, were, I guess, you know, you know, good at the gamesmanship and that they were they were making it sound as if, you know, he had he had he had, um, you know, worsened their leveraging their leverage or their negotiating position. And it seems like there's just a lot of hard feelings and that there's a little sort of um, bitter balls about, about Rogers coming from, uh, Green Bay, uh, which is understandable. Um, but the part that irked me about Rogers was that, uh, with all the nonsense that, you know, that the media does drama, particularly as it pertains to Rogers, um, you know, he said he, he, w- he clearly for a guy who, who's, you know, acts like he doesn't care about the media, um, he clearly had been reading coverage that that made it sound as if he was going on McAfee like LeBron with the decision, and he really bristled at that. And so we wanted to make it clear: Hey, I, I, this is not the decision. I'm just correcting the record. And and you go, you know what, dude? This is what the cost is when you don't communicate. I'm not saying that you're right or wrong to do it but but just go in eyes wide open and and understand that if you're going to if you're going to be minimalist with your information then you're going to lose you're going to essentially um surrender all control of the narrative and so if if what fills the void or fills the vacuum is is bs or or whatever like like not not accurate or serious or current information then that's what you signed up for bro and and that's like a preview of things to come but like he, he could he was really like you know in his attempt to make it look like he's not being a diva and of course everyone knows that that's that's part of who he is and it may be worth it but but this is part of who he is but you can't then complain you know that everyone's getting everything wrong you you have not told us the right way to report this
0: John, I want to ask you about what came out after the McAfee appearance, and we just talked about it a little bit, which is this narrative that the Packers had all the leverage. It seemed like all these media outlets were coming out en masse and saying this. It was like a memo went out. I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but it felt like that. Yeah. Tell me about how this would unfold because it feels like to me the Packers working the media, as they say in boxing and in MMA, working the refs to get the more favorable coverage and to tilt this in their favor in terms of public perception.
1: I don't think necessarily that they with, were thinking that they were um, actually improving their negotiating position or that this pressure would affect Joe Douglas part of me wonders whether it's aimed at getting Woody so excited that Woody tells Joe, just cut the deal. We need, I need the player now. And, and the Packers have the luxury. And, and I think this is really, um, you know, an underappreciated aspect of all of this Um, in, in, in in all of the kind of moments um, along the way here that the Packers not having ownership, like traditional ownership has allowed them to not um, allowed them to proceed just differently. Um, Boomer Sison brought up, this is what in one way Boomer Sison smartly brought up, but I think he's been, he's been very good on this that at a certain point, a billionaire owner is going to say, is going to tell his GM clear out. I'm going to call my counterpart and and hammer this deal out because I'm a titan of industry. Okay. In this instance, you know, he, you know, could he call Murphy? Sure. But this is, it makes it different, but what, what makes it different from the Packers standpoint and gives them a little bit of leverage actually is the new recipe, the new model template for somebody um, you know, it's it's we had talked about previously um, players like Jamal Adams can get a one-way ticket out of town just by, by, um, you know, rousing rabble, uh, and, and, and starting, starting, stirring shit. And, and so that, that, um, you know, and then remember Watson, Deshaun Watson doing that in Houston before his other stuff came up. And, you know, we could argue about whether they whether that was a coincidence or not, but it seems like nowadays, all you have to do is trash talk your own organization. And then at a certain point, the owner taps out and, you know, or the GM and says, "Get this guy out of here. Um, I'm the laughing stock of my country club." And in the Packers instance, there, there's really nobody who's who's just like you know Woody's counterpart. Um, so they can hang on and not and not feel like Rodgers being out there and Rogers being Rogers is is like humiliating to them. And I give them credit for that because you know again as a as a person who spends his whole career in communications and thinks in terms of communications and PR and all that stuff and yes leverage they they um there's hard leverage and soft leverage like hard leverage are facts soft leverage is how much does the pressure bother you uh and and you know are you heat sensitive or not and and so in the instance of of the packers um, they, they are seemingly less heat sensitive, which is good for them. They don't, you know, the absence of ownership allows them to do that. And they could, they don't, they're never going to have anybody kind of come in over the top and tell Murphy or Guten end this now, um, get this thing done now. And so if you think of it that way, you say, all right, well, um, while nobody has all of the leverage at. You know, and it's debatable and I'm I like hearing as I mentioned before we start recording, like I like hearing everyone's thought process uh on this and you know, and I'm not gonna like block somebody on Twitter just because they, they think that you know this team has all the leverage or the other one does. But but it look in my view, the um while the draft is not a hard deadline, um, it is a mighty strong soft deadline. And if you're the Packers, you'd be wise to to play this up until the draft, and because at a certain point, you know, you're going to want those assets this year, and then you're also, um, you've also got to assume that if this thing is likely to get done, that the Jets are going to be drafting in a lower spot next year. So um, I think they they probably realize that they're gonna they're gonna do the very best they can to maximize their their leverage between now and late April um but and who knows what what the jets say in response um i'd even heard some people say it would be a real uh, a very risky um but interesting screw job for the jets to trade down in the first round and and tell the packers you know you know here's your first rounder it's, it's a 30 second pick <laughs> you know uh but obviously very risky to do things like that so um we'll we'll see if if you know what kind of games follow from now but but um, if I'm the packers without a you know business is business and it's not personal if I'm them I I I you know make my best deal at my best moment between now and late april
0: John, from a communication standpoint, how do you think the Jets should be handling this? Because it feels like the Packers are punching and punching and punching, and the Jets are not punching back. They're staying silent. It's almost like they're Muhammad Ali in Zaire laying up against the ropes trying (laughs) to let the Packers tire themselves out. Would you be more aggressive Counterpunching here Perhaps leak rumors That you're making calls to the Rams About Matthew Stafford The Vikings about Kirk Cousins The Titans about Ryan Tanhill, Maybe a leak that you're preparing An offer sheet for Lamar Jackson What do you think? If the
1: Packers Weren't going to see right through All of those shenanigans Then I'd say Sure, fine um, But anything the Jets do now To, you know Will look too cute by half so I I don't I don't think that and it also can carry some risk I, you know yeah could they could they wink at Rogers or tell Rogers we're gonna we're going to um, talk you know we're gonna leak that we're interested in Lamar Jackson don't be upset like that doesn't guarantee that the guy won't be upset um, but I think that I think the Packers and any other team will see through anything the Jets do that say you know hey we're we're not as interested as you think we are. Um, I, I think it's just it's pretty clear now that, you know, the Jets got on the plane and went there. Everyone is expecting this. And and there's nothing or there's nothing that the Jets could do, at least in my estimation, or at least that I could foresee the Jets could do to disabuse the Packers of the notion mm-hmm. that they are all in on Rogers. Um and and there's no there's no other player that compares, you know Ryan Tannehill or you know all due respect to Matthew Stafford in his prime like there's and and even Lamar Jackson like you know pack the the, Rodgers is great the Packers know he's great they're sick of his shit but they know he's great and they know the Jets think he's great so there's almost nothing to be done there and it just seems like it's their style to just keep quiet and keep their eye on the ball and let and let the games be played by other people, there might be something, and again, I'm sounding like somebody who, you know, I should be promoting the, the interests of, of my, um, you know, my personal expertise or my field of work at the very least, but there is something to be said for not playing games that don't mean anything or mean very much. Showing, demonstrating time and again that you're focused, that you're, you've kept your eye on the ball, and um, and just and just letting the process work itself out. Um, and 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 I think I think that that's great. I, I think that them not being bothered by the media game is fine. On the other hand, um, in politics and in sports, both places where I've worked. The people who are so hung up on either not looking bad in the media or looking good in the media are oftentimes eventually exposed as as, you know, empty suits or or not the real deal, um, because if, if that matters to you so very much, um, you know, riding the the you know media roller coaster from minute to minute, then you're you're clearly getting sucked into some things that just don't matter as much um and you know there's there's you know um whatever people say about you on message boards and trust me i've I've been been there more times than i care to mention things that are said on message boards on twitter and in a news story from a random person that can eat up an awful lot of time and ultimately does not and Do not matter or the pursuit of, you know, you know, Gutenkunst or whatever wants to look like, you know, uh, a hot shot or the executive of the year or whatever. And I'm not saying he does Um, somebody so caught up in in looking like they're a wizard at their job and, you know, not having the wisdom or perspective of knowing that what really is going to matter here is if you win. And these stories in March don't really matter much. Um, so, um, opting out of it as much as you can, sometimes could be a good thing. And, and as much as I love PR and would love to, would love for the jets to offer me, you know, millions of dollars a year to advise them, um, you know, I would probably advise them just make a good deal and I'll be, I'll be happy as a fan.
0: John Grella our friend who of course was the Communications director for the Tampa Bay Bucks For three years so he knows how this media Game is played glad we could get him to come on The show and give his insights on this Topic really appreciate it John For everybody that wants to interact with you On social media and may need your skills As a communications professional because As I always like to say you are The bulldozer Brian Lee of PR you will go wherever The money is wherever you're needed They can come <laughs> in and get your services You'll go to the highest bidder so that makes
1: be ted dibiase or or uh, no if you were Virgil? ted dibiase
0: you'd be the one paying people
1: uh, i i do have that blazer though with the dollar signs <laughs> on the lapel does that make a difference uh,
0: but... john by the way the next time we hang out in person and get some pizza i am now demanding you wear that ted dibiase outfit
1: consider it done um <laughs> and uh that's that's a fact um appreciate it as always love chopping it up with you Scott about about any jet stuff but particularly when when there's a crisis or a, a media situation uh and I'm always happy to to offer my hot takes or lukewarm takes whatever uh and uh and if anybody's looking out for me I'd add Jonathan Grella on Twitter um and um here to help and here to here to chat especially about um the teams I care so much about
0: Make sure you follow John on Twitter. And as I said, if you're somebody that needs a comms pro for hire, you know that John is the very best. So... Empty those pockets like the Million Dollar Man for John, and maybe if you're lucky, he'll even wear that Million Dollar Man getup for you. Make sure you check out everything we've got going on at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. We've got an awesome All 22 film breakdown of Alan Lazard on our channel right now, so watch our video Subscribe if you haven't already. YouTube.com/slash/PlayLikeAJet. Visit our store tpublic.com. That's t-e-e-public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there.